Welcome to the East Main Media Podcast, a series of conversations featuring leaders in a variety of subjects, including business, politics, media, and the arts. For more information, visit eastmainmedia.com forward slash podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by JLC Accounting, bookkeeping, accounting, tax preparation, and advisory. Visit jlc-accounting.com. And by Tap Into TV, original video programming covering topics of interest in New Jersey, New York, and beyond. Visit tapintotv.net. Now here's your host, Brian Brodeur. I'm thrilled to be joined today by Sean Goff, President and Marketing Director at Search Site Marketing. Sean, thanks for coming in. Thanks so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Oh, we have lots to talk about. You know, we're going to nerd out a little bit on some technical <laughs> stuff, but we'll talk about some small business things and your path to, you know, launching your company. I wanted to start out by really sort of what got you here in the seat with me today to talk, which uh, we were just talking off air about, uh, you know, you put it out in the universe. So when we reached out and invited you in, it was really you're running into our business development person, Kathy, here. When you ran into Kathy, we had thought, hey, what a great idea to have you come in and talk about SEO and search marketing and all these things. But at the same time, you were thinking about getting out in the world and doing some podcasting. So those two themes combined, your desire and us wanting to have you come in, I'm always fascinated by this, that you put it out in the universe and the universe responds. Is that uh, how you feel about that? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I used to always go back and forth on whether or not that's real. You know, I never read The Secret or, you know, watched the movie version of The Secret. Mm. But I've always heard people say, like, don't put that out in the universe, whether it's positive or negative. And I always just said, like, ah, you know, that's just superstition, you know, you rise above. But I got to tell you, over the past, like, two weeks, all the stuff that I've been putting out there, it's just crazy, like, how quickly things are starting to line up. Hmm. I recently attended the 10X Growth Con, which is run by Grant Cardone. Mm-hmm. So I've been going through a lot of his programs and stuff. And... One of the things that he always preaches is set goals for yourself. And for me, being in marketing, I've always been the guy behind the scenes. Yeah. And now it made it my goal to actually bring myself to the forefront, put myself out there. And one of my objectives to do that was to end up doing at least five podcasts this year. And literally within a week of coming back from the growth con, I was invited to this one when I ran into Kathy at a North Jersey Chamber of Commerce networking event. Mm -hmm. And a client that I came back and closed that same day said, by the way, I've started a podcast. Would you come on and do a podcast with me? So it's crazy. Like within two weeks of coming back from there, two of my five, you know, podcasts that I want to do this year are checked off. Uh, in, so I'm thinking I need to raise weeks. that number. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you said a year, and now you're way ahead of the game. So let's look at uh, search site marketing. Let's talk about that for a second. So awesome. recently launched, you were talking about, you know, it's sort of a new venture for you. Yeah. Just give me the real high end. What is it? Search site marketing, what I'm really looking to do is work with, I guess you could boil it down to two types of clients. One is established companies, quote unquote, medium sized businesses that 
have an internal marketing department and they have a vision, they understand the marketing journey that their customers need to go on and they come work with us to help generate traffic for them to bring people to their site so they can then bring them through their funnel. I don't know if your listeners are familiar with the term funnel. I was going to ask you, we should look at some of these terms and what they mean to a business owner or, you know, people don't understand those processes. Let's back up one sure. step, though. I, you talk about coming into a company with an existing marketing team and you bring your special sauce, your science about search traffic and you know funneling in leads and clients. Yeah. How often do your clients not know who their market is or they're wrong about who their market is, meaning they're marketing the wrong people? So you come in and immediately start looking, well, we're going after these people, and you suddenly scratch your head saying, well, this might not be who their customer is. That's not super common, to be completely honest with you. I think it's more common to find out that there's an entire other market that is applicable to them that they may not have realized. Right, that they're missing a whole other aspect. Yeah, so it's not that they're wrong with their target customer, but... You know, they're so laser focused, and that's not necessarily a bad thing when you're getting started, especially. You know, they're laser focused on who their client is, but they're not thinking about other ways to increase their revenue or other targets that they can utilize to fill out their calendar during a slow season. Now, I don't want to deep dive too much so early on here, but marketing, digital marketing, but marketing in general has become so siloed and so sliced and niche oriented that we have the ability to speak to these very laser focused markets. I would assume that leads to missing some laser focused markets. That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Interesting. Okay, we'll come back to that. So let's talk about funneling. So this is a common word in digital marketing and, you know, the use of websites, SEO and all this. So explain to the novice listener what funneling is in your world? The simplified version of it is you're guiding somebody through a journey. So if somebody is searching for, I'll just make up an example. Say somebody's looking for spray tanning. Mm -hmm. You know, that's somebody where you're going to want, and I'm using that. that We weren't going to talk politics. I'm sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Spray tanning. My sister actually runs an organic spray tan company, so that's why I'm... Well, she should be our next guest. Well, I'm sure she would absolutely love to, and she'd be blown away by the setup you guys have here. And she actually works with me on search site as well. Oh, cool. Um, So spray tanning. All right, go. If somebody's searching for spray tan, they're not necessarily already at the buying phase. You know, so depending on either the keyword that you're using to draw them in or the person who you're targeting, especially with something like Facebook, where somebody's not necessarily in a buying mood, they're sitting there scrolling through looking for funny videos oftentimes. Well, cat if, videos in, in my yeah, wife's case, but go yeah, ahead. you know, cat videos are always fun. But when you bring somebody to your site, you can't just bring them right to the checkout page. You right. need to bring them to a landing page, which communicates either a solution to a problem that they're having and really helps drive them from that initial awareness phase down into engaging with you and your product. And as you quote unquote funnel them through the journey, you're building up that confidence to get them to the point where they know you are the person that they want to exchange either their time or their money with to solve their problem. Right. So 
if I'm hearing you correctly, I actually hear two different kinds of interactions there. One is that proactive or sort of, I don't want to use the wrong terms, like an inbound where there's a search happening and a potential client is looking for a term, spray tanning, Mm -hmm. and you want to put your sister's spray tanning company in front of that potential client and get them down into that pathway. Exactly. But then there's the reverse, which is a little bit more of an outbound effort of you're targeting an audience on, say, Facebook or YouTube and sort of talking out to them in order to get their eyeballs and then get them into that funnel again. Yeah. Right. So depending on the channel that you're using to advertise, you're going to be going for people that are already in different phases. Right, because not everyone would start at the beginning of that phase. Some people are more educated maybe, mm-hmm. right? Let's talk about that. So, for instance, if you wanted to buy a pair of sneakers, you could just go into Google and you would type, you know, buy men's Nike shoes, and you're going to be given four or more different ads. You can click into it, and you're already in a buying phase. And that's a very specific example, but that's an example of somebody who's already got their card out. They're like, shut up and take my money. Right. To but, quote uh, Futurama. But, <laughs> right, fair enough. But the example you gave is interesting because you mentioned Nike. Now, Adidas is right there next to you and want to rank for that too, right? Yeah. So I don't want to confuse things, but there's a larger lens here. Well, that's when you start getting into going after competitors, which is yeah, it's something, once again, if you're dealing with a quote-unquote medium-sized company, it really comes down to saying a company that has the marketing budget to go after their competitors' terms they might want to do that. That's not necessarily something I would recommend most small business owners do because yeah. it can be expensive. Ah, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to start deep diving and I want to go slow. <laughs> so search site marketing. A question I had for you was you also partner and work with a, a colleague of ours, Bill Lyons, mm-hmm. right? From Designable Web, web designer, nice guy, does some great work. And my question for you is, so that's not your skill set. No. You answer me that question then. Like, what is your skill set specifically? SEO, you know, give me that kind of laundry list of what you do, but don't do. Well, and I'm actually glad you brought this up because I've actually been contemplating writing either ebooks on this or blog articles or something. But there's like a couple different common misconceptions, I think, about marketing and digital marketing. If you go to search site marketing, we offer websites, and that's not my area of expertise. Right. That's actually a value to my clients, though, because I focus on the areas that I'm strong at. So for me personally, Google Ads and, of course, Bing Ads and Gemini to a much lesser extent. But those are the areas that I've been focusing on for the past 10-plus years. But all of that for me has been rooted in a traditional marketing background, understanding the customer journey, understanding the difference between copywriting and branding. And these are all things that are often lost on people. Right. Now, if somebody needs a website and I'm working with them on a website, I'm going to partner with somebody who's going to deliver top-notch quality service to them rather than say, I'm going to just tackle it myself and put together a subpar product. Well, that makes sense. That's good business landing pages is a big part of what you do. Oh, yeah. So you may work with people with existing websites as well. Of course. And then build maybe microsites as well. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, we touched on the term funnel earlier, but 
you know, think of a landing page as the first part that somebody lands on. Right, connect that for me. Yeah. Right, yeah. So once somebody clicks your ad, you want to bring them, like I said, to a landing page that's customized to meet the needs. So if somebody's in a quote-unquote research phase where they're just looking to learn about something, then you want a landing page that's designed to educate. If you've got somebody who's looking to buy, you could bring them to a landing page that's designed to help push them toward that next purchase. That right, level further down the path. Yeah. That's very interesting because those are two different kinds of potential clients. Mm-hmm. How do you differentiate between those two? Is it the kind of ads you're making, the kind of efforts that you're making to get those different clients? It's always column A and column B because right. uh, the reality is every person that I meet with is going to have a different need or a different product that they're trying to sell. So just the knowledge, though, that a person who's active in one way, say using a search engine, is in a different mindset or is actively looking for something different than, say, someone who's scrolling through social media but who's expressed interest in certain categories, whether it's fishing or et cetera. Right, sure. The message that you need to convey to them is going to be different. A common mistake a lot of different companies make is driving people to their homepage. And it's not that you shouldn't have a homepage. A homepage is great, but essentially it's the front cover of an online brochure. It's not typically driving towards what you're trying to do. And anything that you're paying for, like paid ads on social media or paid ads on Google, you want to drive towards that action because you're investing in this. So right. just sending them to your homepage is like, you know, just handing Google and Facebook your money. In many cases, there is exceptions to every rule. Right. Fair enough. I want to touch on the world of, quote, content marketing. As we've seen this blow up a few years ago with the advent of things like HubSpot and other platforms, but the concept of content marketing, it doesn't seem to really have diminished but it's evolved a little bit. That's also in that world of clickbait, right? Yeah. Can you demystify that a little bit for me, the content marketing and how that's different from maybe traditional digital marketing? Sure. Content marketing, you know, you might even bucket it under search engine optimization. Like there's definitely a lot of, if I had like a whiteboard in front of me, I'd draw like multiple circles, but they all overlap in (laughs) certain parts. Um, Big giant Venn diagram. Yeah. But... Content marketing at its core is literally what it sounds like. It's the creation of written content that is used to drive engagement with you. A lot of companies that might have a blog, the person who owns that company isn't necessarily writing every article. And and there's no harm in that. It's all about providing value to their subscriber and getting them to continue to engage with their brand. And at its core, that's really the purpose behind content marketing. Right. It's getting the potential customer who's interested in that content engaged with a brand. Yeah. Interesting. And of course, I would be remiss not to mention that video has become part of that. In, I forgot the exact year, so I hope none of your listeners hold it against me if I misquote the stats, but I think Google said by 2021, 80% of all bandwidth is going to be tied up by video. Well, shoot, man, I should probably get into that business. (laughs) What part of your business rolls into that content marketing area? The reality is not very much. Like I said, you know, we started going down a rabbit hole, but with the larger clients that I'm really going for, Google ads and Facebook ads is really where my primary focus is. Right. With 
the other area I'd like to focus my company as well, and it's that's really more of a passion project mm. more than necessarily the best of business decisions <laughs> is <laughs> I want to work with smaller companies and help them with their more robust marketing plan. So not only Google Ads and Facebook, but go through their website, help them rebuild, create the funnel. And in those cases, that's where I'm more interested in, say, introducing them to you, creating video content, really helping them to grow into that next level. And so let's look at actually some pocketbook items because a mid-sized business, I mean, they're spending five figures plus on this stuff. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong, search site marketing, you want to do campaigns. You want to do longer term efforts because like the old adage, you know, you put an ad in the newspaper back in the day, you do it for one month, nobody's going to call and you've wasted your money. Is that still apply that old adage? Does that apply to digital marketing where you got to be in for the long haul? The short answer is yes. The longer answer is it varies. There's certainly a value in say you're a smaller brand doing a short flight campaign to just generate traffic to your site right. and get eyes on your product. Making the phone ring, as they yeah. used to say. You yeah. know, and just get that out there. But if you don't have the budget to keep it going, that doesn't mean there's no value in starting it. But in the long run, yes, at this point, just about any company with very, very few exceptions should have some level of active digital marketing. And I guess my question is, is that typical for your clients then, obviously, that they're on board and it's an active longer term effort? Yeah. The clients that I've been working with thus far, they've really been more that passion project level that I was touching on where I'm kind of going in with them and even taking it beyond just marketing itself. Like I'm looking at the core product. How are they currently generating revenue? Oftentimes, the answer is word of mouth. And if you're going to a chamber of commerce event, that's the small network of people. Yeah, yeah. They have that word of mouth, but they're looking to scale. So working with them to identify, okay, you've got a limited budget. What makes the most sense for you to start? For instance, Google Ads is oftentimes more expensive than Facebook, whereas you might be able to get more of a reach with social media. So then devoting a smaller budget to this, a larger budget to that, and also from there, like I said, going through their website and helping them to not only lay things out to bring their customers through a journey, but then kind of going to the back end saying, how much money are you leaving on the table with a client? And this gets, I guess, a little bit out of the world of marketing and more into the consulting side of things. But like I met somebody who was selling suits. I met him at the convention that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. And I said, awesome, what else do you sell? He's like, just suits. <laughs> and I was like, why, if you're selling a suit, you sell the tie, sell the shoes, sell the cufflinks. Yeah. You know, and all these can be upsells. You don't even need to stock them. You can drop ship them. But add all these things to the order because if anyone's spending 600 to $3,000 on a suit, chances are they want shoes that are going to match. Well, they need a tie. Yeah, definitely. And that's just one example, but that can usually apply to almost any business that you're talking with where there's a clear area where they're leaving revenue on the table. Hmm. And that revenue could be the difference in running your marketing campaign next month, too. Well, it's interesting because I hear the difference between kind of this active, medium-sized business, very tangible, look, we're going to do these pay-per-click stuff, we're going to do social media but then there's this other advisory effort for maybe more startups and more small businesses. That's really interesting. We'll be right back to the conversation after this brief message from our sponsor. 
Today's podcast is brought to you by JLC Accounting, bookkeeping, accounting, tax preparation, and advisory. Visit jlc-accounting.com. And by Tap Into TV, original video programming covering topics of interest in New Jersey, New York, and beyond. Visit tapintotv.net. SEO. How many meetings do we all go into and it just becomes this buzzword that the clients are attaching to any number of things? Go down that rabbit hole for me. Explain what SEO is and how it's different from other things. Well, it's kind of funny because I touched on using Google Ads and Bing Ads earlier, and that is, you'd call it SEM. And that's not a term most people know. Right, and it's different. So SEM stands for Search Engine Marketing. Which is frankly, that's bigger than kind of standard SEO services. In my experience, is that true? It's a bigger part of what you do. It's definitely a bigger part of what I do. It's what my personal background is. Like I was saying with working with Bill Lyons from Designable Web, I have a network of partners that I'll bring in. That's extremely important too. Something that a lot of companies aren't aware of. SEO is a lot harder to track. Mm. So the fact that I have people that I know can produce quality work and I vet them before I ever bring them to a client, that's clutch because they could pretty much say anything they want. (laughs) It's really hard to test them. That's been our experience. Yeah. 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 So, okay, let's keep going. Let's role play for a second. You walk into a meeting and the client says, well, listen, you know, Sean, we got to talk about SEO. And you say, okay, hold on. We're going to talk about SEM. So now explain how you roll that out for a potential client. Well, assuming this is my first time meeting with a client, and once again, depending on the size and scale of the client, the conversation is going to be very different. If you're an established company that has a $200,000 a month marketing budget, and you've got an internal team that has laid out the customer journey, you know exactly your target client, that's going to be a different conversation than when I'm going into a small company where you've got the owner wearing every hat. But if somebody comes to me and says, I want to talk about SEO, I stop and go, I want to talk about your company because I need to know, A, what are your goals? Are they even realistic? Is your business scalable? Can you handle an influx of traffic? That's a big one. So I usually just kind of cut to the point because I need to really get an idea of where they're at. And then based on their goals, sometimes using Google Ads, if they need to scale up quickly, Google Ads is going to take effect much faster than any SEO going in and getting backlinks, et cetera, to just get you up the what's called organic listings, which means that's when it's not an ad, but you're near the top of the page. Full disclosure, organic ranking is something that our team is very good at, you know, in our work with our video channel, Tap Into TV. That's our experience is ranking organically, which for listeners, that's something you're not paying for, right? And then, of course, in the search engines, we have the listings that are put up in top in front of you and in other ways that are paid for. So they're being forced at the person searching, yeah. right? Okay. I continually want to dumb down these things because you operate at a higher level and I, I got to sort of explain them. So Yeah, I try to hit the brakes and remember I, I'm talking to a marketer in the room with me, but oh, not every not listener me. may well, not Is there be someone else in the room? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I mean, that's the joke about our journey here is that we're producers and we're video people. And I continually deny that we're marketers. And in a way, we can't deny that because that's the ocean we're swimming in. I don't feel like we're marketers or marketing people. 
but what we do inherently is. So that's a fascinating side conversation, not for today. So I'm not letting you off the hook. I want to keep going on uh, this SEM, this particular persona or this client that we're talking about. And by the way, you mentioned this big difference, that company with a $200,000 a month marketing budget, that's really far away from the mom and pop shop or the uh, solopreneur. $5,000 a month, yeah. Yeah, if that. I mean, I know you have packages that go below five grand a month, and that's that's that entry-level place. Yeah. And frankly, there's a lot more of that business out there than there is the $200,000 a month. That's super competitive marketplace for that. Yeah. So I like this idea. You go in and say, listen, I got to learn about your company. Yeah. And the idea of scalability, that's fascinating too because companies may have a goal that's completely unrealistic and wasting of a ton of money, right? I'd rather have somebody, believe it or not, that has an unrealistic growth goal Hmm. than somebody who is entirely unscalable. Like if if somebody is making something by hand and they could produce two units per week and they say, I want to sell this online, your budget can quickly exceed anything that you'd get for your sales. And that's not something that I can work with. But if they say, I'm identifying ways that I can mass produce this Mm -hmm. and, you know, the sky's the limit and I want to sell $2 billion next year, while that might be unrealistic, I'm happy to partner with that person to say, all right, let's see how close we can get you to that $2 billion. Wow. Full disclosure, I haven't sold $2 billion (laughs) for a client yet. Well, look, um, that's that, kind be of a hard. Great retainer, <laughs> that's difficult. <though. laughs> that's, you know, that'd be nice. So that's the good problem to have, I yeah. suppose, right? <laughs> so, give me the other service list and fill that service list out for me from search site marketing. So, Google Ads and other search engine, paid search engine channels, SEO, website development. Once again, not everything is me personally doing it. Right, it's right, me coordinating right. it yeah. in some cases. If anyone ever tells you they do everything themselves, I don't recommend (laughs) working with them because then you're a jack of all trades and a master of none. Well, you should come out and talk to my East Main media team and see all the stuff we do here, but I beg to differ, but that's okay. We'll do that for part two. We'll come in, I'll see the team, and then you can have me admit that I was wrong. That's okay. I'm just giving you you a hard time. So like I said, SEO, SEM, social which obviously is in a different area, Yeah. display advertising. And really the reality is any other need that pops up through the network, like if somebody says, you know, I need to be on tap into TV, do I personally do that? No. Will I make that happen? Absolutely. I'm going to call you. But your brain's on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you see these other avenues as weapons and pathways that the client can take. Exactly. So I don't like to necessarily say you can only come to me for one thing because... What I'd rather do for any client, more so than Google Ads, more so than SEO, if I can work with them and help them ensure that they're ready Mm. to roll out and start partnering with the tap into TVs and scale up to whatever level, you know, just really coming in and helping them to create their marketing backbone uh, for their company. And that's really the main value that I bring. You know, we say lead generation and it's not that we don't do that. But lead generation, I say, because it sounds great when you're talking to somebody. It's just really what it comes down to. I want to talk about that. Awesome. Recently, a potential client was talking to us about a marketing company they were working with. And they didn't choose to work with us because the return on investment 
the value proposition of this other marketing company because it was positioned as a, a sort of a competitive choice, right? Mm -hmm. He only had so much money, right? He was a startup, small business. And we were sort of making a pitch about doing video, and this is a great way to get his message out, professional level, we have a wide network, we can easily and affordably roll it out to, end of my sales pitch. But he went with the other company because they guaranteed leads through their lead generation work. And as soon as I saw a guarantee, my hair went up. I said, uh-oh, what's this about? Have you heard that kind of offer in your business? Yes, I've heard it. I don't do it because I don't believe in it. I think you're being dishonest. I could virtually guarantee leads, to be honest. You know, give me the budget. I will go out there and I will definitely get you leads. But what you're not guaranteeing at any point really is the quality of those leads. Right. So that's why I don't really like to go that route. Well, that speaks to the funneling again, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can make the phone ring or make the inbox fill. Yeah. But that then speaks to what the quality of those inquiries are and whether you're wasting a lot of time following dead leads. Yeah. You know, and another thing that on the lead gen aspect of it that I didn't really talk about it because it's not part of the digital marketing side of things that I do, but I actually like to work with clients to find out why they're not closing a lead if they're not. Because I, I want to make sure that when I send them a lead that they're going to turn that lead into a client or a customer. Otherwise, what good is a lead to them? It's really interesting. So that's really a sales problem. Yeah, you know? oftentimes. Yeah, you well, know, tell me about that. That's where the ongoing meetings and the ongoing consulting with somebody really comes mm -hmm. into play. You know, if you find out that certain demographics that you're targeting or certain people that a certain set of keywords are bringing in in a certain area, you know, there's all different levers that could be turned. But if you can identify that 100% of the leads that come in from one very specific channel or avenue yeah. have been dead leads, that might not be a sales issue. That might be a targeting issue. Fair enough. But on the flip side, if you're seeing 100% of leads not closed, but you find out that the person, when they're on the line with their potential client, never even asks for the sale or never helps to drive the conversation, because the funnel doesn't necessarily have to stop online. The funnel can continue through the sales process and sure. right through working with them. Like it's an ongoing customer journey. Yeah. So sometimes you just have to make sure that they have the courage to ask for the close. Yeah. Sometimes they just need to be more polite on the phone. <laughs> yeah, some, oh, interesting. There's all sorts of different yeah. things that can cause a sale to go awry. Well, that's important to highlight, I think, that the pathway we're talking about here is digital marketing efforts that you and your company, your team provide. That's connected to this funnel, this pathway, this journey. And then that lands with closing the sale. It yeah. becomes a traditional sales issue. Yeah. We were speaking in-house the other day about that very topic, especially in our world where we're producing videos and they're engaging and, you know, they get a pretty high engagement and click-through ratio higher than, quote, normal. But it's got to go from there. And I often tell clients, look, we can make you a great video and we can get eyeballs on it. You know, search site marketing and my team, we could kill that. But at the end of the day, there still has to be the sale. The checkout button isn't going to ring automatically. And we often say it's about relationships mm -hmm. and that people do business together. It's one thing if you're just on Amazon and you're selling a billion things. Ecom yeah, can be its own world. Totally know, different world. And I don't know anything about that. But business is relationships, as we say, and that there has to be that extra level 
that is beyond the funnel or the end of the funnel. Yeah. You know? Left turn. You ready? How does a guy that goes to Ramapo with a literature degree end up launching search site marketing? Give me the story. <laughs> I should probably take that off my LinkedIn, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> Come on. Think, no, you know, I, actually, I actually think it's pretty funny. Uh, when I started going to Ramapo. Full disclosure, Ramapo College, northern New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when I started going to Ramapo, it was because my parents told me, you're going to college. And I thought out of all the colleges we toured, it had the nicest drive. And if I was going to drive it every day, I'd go there. Yeah, good. You pass horses on the way there. True. Like, that was pretty cool. But really in college, I was completely unfocused. No sob story or anything, nothing crazy going wrong in life. I was just a kid with no drive. Yeah, you know, my, I did well enough to pass, but I never even tried to excel. And then I got set up with an internship at DC Comics, and I started working there in their advertising department. Hmm. And it was awesome. And then they offered me a job right out of college, so I took it. And from there, I actually went more into, like, purchasing and production there. Hmm. And DC Comics is one of the coolest places anybody could work. You know, the pay is a mixed bag, but the environment is amazing. You know, I had a Superman statue staring at me on my desk <laughs> every cool. day. And were but, you a comics guy? I mean, were you hip oh, to yeah. all that? Yeah. yeah, I was always more of a Marvel guy until oh, I worked there. Watch but out. yeah, so I kept that to myself for the most part. Yeah, oh, sure. Um, but, How to get fired at DC Comics? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of a Marvel guy. There's the door. <laughs> Actually, it's it's surprisingly common. Most of them are all friends with each other. There's sure. like, small not, industry, right? They have softball games against each other. Well, of course know? they do. But um, I was kind of bored doing purchasing. I was putting together POs every day and or purchase and, orders. And that's uh, advertising, marketing, like media buys, like that well, stuff? Well, no, this was when I got hired out of my internship. Yeah, I was yeah. hired into just an entry-level role in the purchasing department. Oh, so, so basically there, they like an intern, they'll find a spot for it. In the city, right? In New York. Yeah, it was yeah. in New York. But I looked at the marketing department with like jealousy in my eyes every day because it just seemed like what they were doing was so much cooler. So I just said, that's it. I'm going to get into marketing. So I started reading marketing books, mm -hmm. came back to New Jersey and found a marketing job that I was at for six years for a local company. Oh, wow. And just between always reading and working there, I started building up a traditional marketing background mm. and just learning value prop and different marketing terms that have really laid the groundwork sure. for when I took my next leap into the digital space, I was able to apply all that knowledge to the digital side. And was that leap to another firm or launching search site marketing? That leap brought me to another company, then to an agency and then to a SaaS platform that supported oh, wow. all the agencies. And I was kind of giving them strategic guidance on what to do. So it was quickly scaled up over the course of a few years before I decided that I wanted to do search site. And really that came down to, I won't necessarily say the agencies specifically. No, we don't need to. But one of the ongoing issues that I always felt I had was when you're at an agency, you're a yes man. It's the clients say jump, you say how high. Right. Whereas I see more value in the client saying jump and going, I don't know if jumping is really the best decision right now because and having that conversation about what's really in their best interest. A lot of marketers seem to forget that your job as a marketer is to service your client, not to do whatever they tell you to do. Right. And I won't work with anyone if I can't keep their best interest in mind. That is a very interesting topic because that goes to the client's always right idea, right? Yeah, absolutely And <laughs> it also opens up the old adage of you 
sell them what they need, not what they want. Yeah. You know, that's really interesting. So now we're on the path to search site marketing, right? Why go out on your own? Like I said, I just wanted to actually give value to clients and I loved what I was doing, but working for someone else, I always had to do it their way. And at the end of the day, even if you're like director level or until you're extremely high in the company and then you're so far above working directly with the clients that you can't have that impact anyway. And so I thought I could pursue my passion projects more by yeah. coming in and saying, okay, let's not just look at digital in a sense, but let's look at your entire marketing program. Let's see how we can grow your company and being able to have those more intimate partnerships with clients is really why I got into this. I want to ask you about the agency environment and how that's different than what you're describing, serving your clients' needs. We run into that periodically too, where the agency structure and the atmosphere or environment is a little different than that more consulting, more advocacy, advisory role. Would you agree with that? And is that really a driving force why you sort of stepped out on your own? Yeah. You know, agencies, like I said, they're following orders mm -hmm. from the clients. And that's why I differentiate it. Like a medium-sized company with an internal marketing department, yeah. if they want to work with me, I can just do Google Ads for them because they have that marketing backbone yeah. and they're going to do the rest of it. But a smaller client, if they go to an agency, they're not going to be able to give that agency the proper guidance to accomplish their goals. So I'd rather work with them because I can help that client to really establish their own marketing, you know, and yeah. teach them, guide them, call it what you will. It's really just an ongoing partnership, though. What advice do you have for somebody in your shoes, you know, somebody who's coming out of that digital marketing world, that maybe agency world, that they want to pursue their own thing? I guess this could save them at least a year. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, don't assume that just because you're really good at digital marketing that you know the first thing about running a business. Oh, you know, wow. You need yeah. to get out there meet with people, you know, most people, especially in the small business environment, most people are more than happy and willing to give guidance and help each other out. Mm. Go to networking events. Don't lie to try to make yourself bigger than you are. Like be honest about who you are and gain that help, gain those friends mm. and never stop learning either. Don't assume you know it all. I invested just two, three weeks ago in a $3,000 educational package with a digital marketer, a large education company. Because, like an online course, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Because if you stop learning, you're quickly going to be outdated. Yeah, it's all evolving really fast. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. You go back 10 years and the world of digital marketing, especially websites alone, never mind how websites worked, but... SEM, digital marketing, I mean, even social media, everything has changed. It's 100% different. You know? Was MySpace still 10 years ago? I, See, at this point, I, I think MySpace, people talk about it way too much. <laughs> I think it was a blip and it was a taste. It was basically pre-Facebook. I, I always think, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's, you know, yeah, maybe some people connected on there. I remember a lot more people that were in AOL chat rooms. Yeah. That was a lot more that, active. That was a big thing. 
I'm still technically a millennial, but I think I'm like the first year that counts as one. Yeah, we are dating ourselves. <laughs> you know, I'm not a millennial. I'm like yeah. AOL 56K dial up. Oh, sure. <laughs> Netscape Navigator. Yeah. Our audio engineer and I and, were just uh, talking about that Prodigy. the other day, right, JP? You remember? Prodigy. Yeah. Uh, sure. Uh, we had a terminal email login back in the day in the, <laughs> the mid-90s. Uh, let's not do that. Now look at it. <laughs> I'll roll out my Apple II Plus computer from the back room if we really want to get nostalgic. <laughs> Um, let me land the plane here. What's the future hold? Tell me about the growth plans for you and your company. They are ever growing and ever changing. One of my goals is over the next two years, I want to help 50 small businesses scale up. And obviously that's going to be to differing extents. And I want to partner with 10 larger companies on Google ads, etc. More focused on the SEM side for that. Is there a perfect client for you? That's always been something, you know, everyone says you need a niche, but I don't know that I 100% agree with that, but the perfect client would be a company with some history, enough experience that like they know themselves, Mm. they know their own personal gift and they just need to figure out how to share that gift with the world. And also adding to that they need to understand that marketing isn't an expense. Marketing is investing in themselves and investing in their company. And those clients, I will work with them all day, every day. That is a perfect client to me. All right. Well, I want to thank you for coming in, Sean. You know, we could do a whole nother podcast and deep dive in all these things. There's so many rabbit holes we could go down into. But I want to finish up with a question I always like to ask my guests, which is phone rings. You pick it up, you have a conversation, you hang it up. And the person on the other end of that call just solved your biggest problem or concern or challenge. Who was on the phone and what did they solve? Huh. My biggest challenge, I guess, would be, and this is probably coming off that growth conference speaking, that would probably be either Grant Cardone or Tony Robbins. You know, I have a couple people that I'm always reading their books and trying to I guess a good way to put it, not just self-improvement, but thinking bigger, you know, and having a person in that space call me personally to say, you're crushing it and you're going to continue to crush it. I'd walk around the rest of the day crushing it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Thank you. Where can people find out more about you? Of course, search sitemarketing.com. And how about social media? You can find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, of course, Facebook. Facebook, for my personal taste, it's going to be my favorite way to interact with people. So definitely just hop on our page and say hi. I'd love to engage with you. Cool. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of East Main Media, hosted by Brian Brodeur. Special thanks to audio engineer J.P. Conk and senior producer Kayla Galka. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a good rating. For more information, visit eastmainmedia.com. And thanks for listening.